Hey everybody, welcome back to 10 Songs with Aaron, the VIPs and MP3s edition, where I take a look back at some of my favorite songs and some of those people that those songs remind me of. This time around, I'm going to get into Cindy. I met Cindy in massage school. She and I were classmates along with Kim, you know, because I was pretty much the only guy in our level at that time. I kind of got the pick of the litter of if I wanted to date anybody there or what have you. But in all honesty, I really wasn't looking to date anybody at the time. You know, I just come back from college. I'm not sure, you know, in what direction I was going, if I was going to go back to school for grad school or if I was going to stay here and work. Kim and I had a little thing going, but that was more of a passing situation. More often than not, I would just commiserate with Cindy about it. Because of that, we became friends, we became close, and ultimately, we started dating. So Cindy was a little bit older than me, so she was in a different life headspace than I was. But I think when we were going to massage school, we were just looking to find some level of stability or, at worst, something to fall back on, you know, useful skill. Cindy was always very upbeat. I would say a positive working influence. Before we were dating, I originally just wanted her to work with me because I thought she was going to be a definite asset to my business. She did occasionally work for me as an independent contractor, but she was always concerned about essentially the direction of our relationship as well as how that could affect the end goal of the business. So, you know, because she was a little older, a little wiser, she was able to see bigger picture things than I was ready or willing to see at the time. Uh, We might as well just get into our top 10 list. We'll start with number 10, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. So that album, I think Fallen, had just come out. This got to number 5 in 2003. It won a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance, as well as being nominated for Best Rock Song. For me, it very much had a new metal rap rock feel, but it was coming from a female vocalist, Amy Lee, which is interesting to me. It's a different sound than I was used to. It was, usually it's just guys screaming and yelling at you. This time around, it was Amy Lee, who whose voice was pretty operatic. Number nine, Rush, Tom Sawyer. So this came out in 81 and got to number 44. Rush always put out these very long songs, and Cindy liked these groups. Rush, Dream Theater. These groups were musically technical, as well as being very mathematical when it came to how their instruments were performed. And that gave it kind of a different edge and sound to what typical 80s rock music would be in terms of maybe sounding a little pop new wave or just hair metal. So they were separate from those tropes at that time. I always liked Tom Sawyer as a book. There was an interesting concept to have songs about a fictional character. Number eight, Expose, I'll Say Goodbye for the Two of Us. Never charted in 1995. This was a song written by Diane Warren. No need to bury the lead here. Like, we did break up ultimately. When I think of this song, Cindy was doing me a favor by breaking up with me at the end, to which I'll get into. Number seven, Motley Crue, Home Sweet Home. Got to number 89 in 1985. The music that Cindy really liked was 80s hair metal 
rock music with a little bit of a metal, more of a harder metal edge. So this was definitely in the pocket. She grew up in that time to which I was only tangentially introduced. So while it was a little lost on me, I started to appreciate it because this was the music that she liked and shared with me. Number six, Def Leppard, Pour Some Sugar On Me, got to number two in 1987. Again, another hair metal band. Pretty hard rocking, but fun. Definitely fun songs. A little risque, if you will. Perhaps not as much as things are nowadays, but I think in the late 80s, early 90s, these suggestive lyrics were taking it to that edge, definitely, for... A lot of parents and adults out there. Number five, Poison. Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Got to number one in 1988. One of my favorite power ballads outside of things from Journey or Bon Jovi. Pretty sure Bret Hart is. I'm pretty sure he's made a career out of this song. If I'm not mistaken, he did that VH1 Rock of Love and he sang this song pretty much like every other episode, so... He'll never not be able to hook up if he can play a guitar and sing this song to a lady, to a specific lady. Number four, ACDC, Thunderstruck. This didn't chart in 1990. This is one of those big rock bands of the 80s. Thunderstruck was one of my favorite songs that I've heard recently through soundtracks and movies like, like in Iron Man as well as um, in Varsity Blues. I mean, it opened up a whole new, new audience to a group from the 70s, 80s and 90s number three prince purple rain got to number two in 1984 i can honestly say i've never been a fan of prince but i appreciate his musical talents he's such a skilled songwriter he was a terrific musician great entertainer i think when i was younger i just didn't get when i look back now i can appreciate you know prince for what he's done for the music and his lasting influence a lot of people remake his songs you can hear him as an influence in many genres not just r&b pop or rock sometimes in the big hip-hop rap almost even into k-pop you know he he's there somewhere number two metallica enter sandman got to number 16 in 1991 another one of those 80s aggressive metal bands that crept into the 90s for me best known as the walk-in music for mariano rivera the great closer from the new york yankees that was known to shut down games close it out put people to sleep another one of those bands that i think when i was younger i didn't really care for but when i got oversaturated with typical pop music and rap music and i hear metallica and it's just a welcome alternative to the stuff i was listening to at the time and so the finally, the number one song that reminds me of Cindy is Outcast Hey Ya. Got to number one in 2003. It won the Grammy for Best Urban Alternative Performance, as well as being nominated for Record of the Year. The one thing that I introduced Cindy to more was new metal, things like Linkin Park, and, and a little bit of the hip-hop rap that she never really cared about. So with Outcast Hey Ya, that was Andre 3000. Departing from the typical rap sound to going to more of a funky rocker type sound. And I think this was able to bridge the gap musically between us. Because it was it was a little more rock than expected. But it was coming from a definite hip-hop group. So like I was saying, ultimately, Cindy and I broke up 
a few years later, she did it for me. She kind of knew me well enough to know that I was happy enough in the relationship, but that's not a good enough life to live, especially for somebody like me. So she decided to break it off. And, you know, looking back, I'm appreciative of that. You see how people stay in relationships and how you can get resentful from them holding you back or your perception of that. And she was willing to sacrifice. I'm always very appreciative of that fact. Well, I haven't been in contact with Cindy. You know, hopefully she is doing well. So hopefully you guys figured out what the theme of the list was. If you guys have an idea, hit me up, 10songsaren at gmail.com. Like and subscribe. Any other questions, comments, shoot them that way as well. Hopefully we're getting close to reopening fully, so I'll talk to you guys later.